Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another episode of Learning to Fly, the podcast. Today, um, before I start the poetry, I want to talk a little bit about a post I saw on social media, thanks to Matt Nathanson. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, Matt Nathanson is one of my favorite musical artists. I have some fantastic stories inspired by or involving him that I can't wait to share with you guys. And earlier this month, in fact, I shared a couple sets of song lyrics that really defined summer for me, uh, thanks to this artist. And the post I found says, I survived half of 2020 and all I got was this lousy disappointment in humanity, which is a play on some lyrics from one of his songs. But it really got me thinking. Um, about why I'm writing poetry, why I started this podcast, and some opinions I have about the things that have been happening this year. I won't go too deeply into the opinions, but like I said, these got me thinking, and so this concept has inspired the pieces that I'm going to share with you guys today. Uh, I'm going to be sharing a variety of voices, and I am so excited to have you here listening and thriving and being inspired by some of the same things that I am. Also, while I have you here, if you are up for discussing your thoughts on particular pieces or want to share what one particular episode has done for you, uh, make sure to let me know either on Twitter at SincerelyBlueJay, J is in the letter, not the spelling of a blue jay, um, or on Instagram at SincerelyBlueJay, all spelled out just like Sincerely as in a letter and Blue Jay as in the bird. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts and I'd love to share some of your stories. So there's that. Since we're getting the housekeeping out of the way, I'll go ahead and talk about today's sponsor and then jump right into those poems. All right, so let's get started with the poetry, shall we? The first poem I'd like to share is Andrea Gibson's The Nutritionist. And while this is a slightly dated poem, it capsizes and entails all the things I think that we've gone through this year as far as quarantine, as far as taking care of ourselves, as far as learning something about ourselves we didn't really have the time to learn before having all this extra time on our hands. So this is The Nutritionist. The nutritionist said I should eat root vegetables, said if I could get down 13 turnips a day, I would be grounded, rooted, said my head would not keep flying away to where the darkness is. The psychic told me my heart carries too much weight, said for $20, she'd tell me what to do. I handed her the 20 and she said, stop worrying, darling, you'll find a good man soon. The first psychotherapist said, I should spend three hours a day sitting in a dark closet with my eyes closed and my ears plugged. I tried it once. 
but couldn't stop thinking about how gay it was to be sitting in the closet. The yogi told me to stretch everything but the truth, said focus on the out-breaths. Everyone finds happiness when they can care more about what they give than what they get. The pharmacist said clonopin, lamisidol, lithium, Xanax. The doctor said antipsychotic might help me forget what the trauma said. The trauma said, don't write this poem. Nobody wants to hear you cry about the grief inside your bones. My bones said, Tyler Clementi drove to the Hudson River, convinced me, convinced he was entirely alone. My bones said, write that poem. The lamplight, considering the riverbed, the chandelier of your fate hanging by a thread to every day you could not get out of bed to the bullseye on your wrist, to anyone who has ever wanted to die. I have told I have been told sometimes the most healing thing to do is remind ourselves over and over and over other people feel this way too and they do. The tomorrow that has come and gone and it has not gotten better when you are half finished writing the letter to your mother that says I swear to god I tried but when I thought I hit bottom it started hitting back there is no bruise like the bruise of loneliness that kicks into your spine so let me tell you I know there are days it looks like the whole world is dancing in the streets when you break down the doors of the looted buildings. You are not alone and wondering who will be convicted of the crime of insisting you keep loading your grief into the chamber of your shame. You are not weak just because your heart feels so heavy. I have never met a heart that wasn't a phone booth with a red cape inside. Some people will never understand the kind of superpower it takes for other people to walk inside. Some days I know my smile looks like the gutter of a falling house, but my hands are always holding tight to the ripcord of believing. A life can be rich like the soil, can make food decay, can turn a wound into a highway. Pick me up in a truck with a bumper sticker that says it is no measure of good health to be well-adjusted to a sick society. I have never trusted anyone that pulled back the bow of my spine just to say, just the way I trusted the ones who come undone at the throat, screaming for their pulses to fight and find a pound. Four nights before Tyler Clementi jumped from George Washington Bridge, I was sitting in a hotel room in my own town, calculating exactly what I had to swallow to keep the bottle of sleeping pills down. What I know about living is the pain is never just ours. Every time I hurt, I know the wound is an echo. So I keep listening to the moment the grief becomes a window. When I can see what I couldn't see before through the glass of my most battered dream, I watched a dandelion lose its mind in the wind. And when I did, it scattered a thousand seeds. So the next time I tell you how easily I come out of my skin, don't try to put me back in. Just say, here, we are together at the window, aching for it all to get better. But knowing as bad as it hurts, our hearts may have only just skinned their knees. Knowing there is a chance for the worst days might still be coming. Let me say right now for the record, I'm still going to be here asking this world to dance, even if it keeps stepping on my holy feet. 
You, you stay here with me, okay? You stay here with me. Rising your bite against the bitter dark, your bright longing, your brilliant fists of loss, friend. If the only thing we have to gain is staying is each other, my God, that's plenty. My God, that's enough. My God, that is so, so much for the light to give. Each of us at each other's backs, whispering over and over and over, live, live, live. The next poem is my honest poem written by Rudy Francisco. And the reason I wanted to share this poem is because I think that the time we've had this year to reflect on ourselves and our perspective of humanity is this honest poem. And I'm really just drawn to the word choice here, so I think it's a good fit. I was born July 27th. I hear that makes me a Leo. I don't really know what that means. I'm five foot six and a half. I weigh 145 pounds. I don't know how to swim, and I'm a sucker for a girl with a nice smile and clean sneakers. I'm still learning how to whisper. I'm often too loud in places where I should be quiet. I'm often quiet in places where I should be loud. I was born a feet first, and I've been backwards ever since. I like ginger ale a lot. I've been told that I give really bad hugs. People say that it feels like I'm trying to escape. Sometimes it's because I am. And the secure and secretly I get really nervous. Every time someone gets close enough to hear me breathe, I have this odd fascination with things like sandcastles and ice sculptures. I assume it's because I usually find myself dedicating time to things that will only last a few moments. That's also why I tend to fall in love with women who would never love me back. I know it sounds crazy, but it's actually much easier than it seems, and to be honest, I think it's safer that way. See, relationships, they often remind me that I'm not afraid of heights or falling, but I'm scared of what's going to happen the moment my body hits the ground. I'm clumsy. Yesterday, I tripped over my self-esteem. I landed on my pride and it shattered like an iPhone with a broken face. Now, I can't even tell who's trying to give me a compliment. I've never been in the military, but I have this purple heart I got from beating myself up over things I can't fix. I know it sounds weird, but sometimes I wonder what my bed sheets say about me when I'm not around. I wonder what the curtains would do if they found out about all the things I've been doing behind their backs. I've got a hamper that's overflowing and it with really, really loud mistakes, and I have a graveyard in my chest. And I'm afraid that if I let you see my skeletons, you'll grind my bones into powder and get high on my fault lines. Hi. My name is Rudy. I enjoy frozen yogurt, people watching, and laughing for absolutely no reason at all, but I don't allow myself to cry as often as I need to. I have solar-powered confidence. I have a battery-operated smile. My hobbies include editing my life story, hiding behind metaphors, and trying to convince my shadow that I'm someone worth following. I don't know much. But I do know this. I know that heaven is full of music. I know that God listens to my heartbeat on his iPod, and it reminds him that we still got work to do. The next poem I want to read is Give Me a Chance by Bosia. For anyone who is afraid of curse words, you might want to stop listening. And for anyone who has never heard of Bosia, that's about all I can warn you. This is Bosia. 
Um, and the reason I wanted to share this poem with you is because the perspective in it is one that really feels like where we are in the world. And I think that it's a poem that captures something that we all need to change about that world. So give me a chance. If there is anyone in the audience, in the entertainment industry, watching me perform, I want you to keep in mind that if you are casting any films and need a Korean grocery store owner, a computer export expert, or the random thug of the Yakuza gang, I'm your man. If you're making Jackie Chan knockoff films and need a stunt double, that stunt double is me. If you need a Chinese Jay-Z, a Japanese Eminem, or a Vietnamese NSYNC, please consider me, because I am all those things and more. I come from a house that Step and Fudget built. I was broken English my way to sidekick status. If that's what's expected of me, make my, make an angel... I'm sorry, if that's what's expected of me. Make an Asian different strokes. I'll walk around on my knees yelling, also, what you talk about, Riss, because it's been 23 months and 14 days since my art has done anything for me, and I would be noble and toil on. I swear I would live for the art and the art alone and all that crap ass. But college loans are monthly up my ass. My salmon teriyaki habit is getting way out of control, and I want some motherfucking cable. So, you understand where I'm coming from. When tight verse exhibiting dynamics within the text falls by the wayside, rejoice in its pretty packaged boy group, talentless twats sending from Flor sent from Florida to make me puke, but I'm not preaching. No siree, boss. I cannot stress how ready I am to sell out, wear jiggy clothes, and yell from the top of my lungs and hook any hook I'm told to sing. If you want the character of a character, then I am that character. If you want an exotic dragon lady like Lucy Liu, who fucks like Karma Sutra, come to life, just tell my ass where you want it, and I will bend over. If you need a voiceover artist, just tell me where you want the hiyas to go, and I will be there, because I am all that and more. I am a pulp culture whore. I am a co-sponsored world tour, and I am an appropriated culture at my core. I've been noticed, acclaimed, and funny, and now I want all I want is a beach house to paint in and the Range Rover to listen to my music in, cause struggling fucking sucks hard. After the ninth package of ramen noodle soup, I am Bosia. Give me a chance, and believe me, I'll change the world. Granted, that poem, again, is very well aged. It discusses one of the things that we as a world are still not grasping, and you can take that how you will. It could either be your opinion of artists and the artist's way of life, or it could be your opinion of the racism that is so clearly speaking in that poem. Or it could simply be the fact that look at what he's saying about himself and trying to make a point. The next poem I want to read is Scientific Method by Paul Tran. This one 
takes a few listens and a few reads, this one moves you. And again, while it wasn't written during any of the things going on right now, and it wasn't about the world right now, it mentions starvation for touch and needing people in your world, which I think we've all gotten better about appreciating the people in our worlds, but we still have work to do. Also, this poem, like I said, moves me. Um, And it's a great introduction to the work that Paul Tran has created and is doing and the voice that he has. Of course, I chose the terry cloth surrogate, milkless artifice, false idol. Everyone, I'm told, has a mother, but master bred me in a laboratory, his colony of orphans. Old world monkeys, my matriarchs ruled the grasslands and forests long before white men like him weaned their witness, whiteness and maleness from our chromosomes. Slashed and burned our home, what they once called the Orient, French Indochina, Vietnam. Master, like the good despot, besotted and dumbstruck, dying to discern the genius and genesis of allegiance, the science of love and loss, nature versus nurture, segregated me, segregated me at birth from my maker, pelt sopping with placental blood in a chamber where he kept track of me, his pupils recorded my every movement, my every utterance, hoping I might evince I might evince to them a part of themselves, but I wasn't stupid. I knew famine and emission. And nevertheless, I picked that lifeless piece of shit because I wasn't soft to hold. It was soft to hold. Who wouldn't want that? Though it couldn't hold me, I clung to that yellow-faced devil as though it was my true mother, and I grasped the function of motherhood to witness to my suffering, companion in hell. Unlike infants with wire mothers, I didn't hurl myself on the floor in terror or tantrum, rocking back and forth, colder than a corpse. I had what Master believed to be a psychological base of operations, emotional attachment, autonomy. Everything he denied and did to me, his ceaseless cruelty concealed in inquisition, unthinkable until it was thought I endured by keeping for myself the wisdom he yearned to discover and take credit for. Love, like me, is a beast. No master can maim. No dungeon can discipline. Love is at once master and dungeon. So don't underestimate me. Simple-minded and subservient as I might appear to be, I gather more about Master than he did about me, which I guess is kind of fidelity conceived not from fondness, but fear magnified by fascination. Master made me his terrycloth surrogate, his red-clawed god, nursing his ID on my tits, and for that I pitied him. Along this time he was an animal. All this time, he belonged to me. And the final piece I want to read is A One-Way Ticket to a Homeland That Will Never Be Home, written by my friend of many names. And the reason I want to end today's episode with this piece is because 
it addresses some issues that, again, we haven't spent enough time talking about. And, of course, it's a fantastic poem. But again, it inspires and ignites a conversation we need to have. Of the lands that you and I know, we know intimately that this land was never much of a home for us. It housed us, yes, we're rooted in it since birth, but still our souls know that we're clippings of a flame lily that managed to take in a cold environment. My heart knows this, but my tongue still shudders, stutters, trips over itself when it comes time to speak my mother's tongue. And I've acclimated to the cold now. Would the land, lands that once housed my mother even be suitable for me now? Trapped between two soils, the heart is in flummox. Sometimes the world feels like a great wilderness, and the sun desperately seeks refuge in a safe cavern. Other times, I am, plant, I am a plant on the cusp of maturing and will flower soon from the pooled blood of the countless dead, donning tiger's teeth as thorns. I love the poems that I've shared with you guys today because each one offers such a unique perspective. Each one is a voice that we don't hear enough and each piece left me with a different type of chills. I hope that you are inspired. I hope that you have a moment to think about what you've gained so far in the year of 2020 and I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow on another episode of Learning to Fly, the podcast.